Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Hey everybody, welcome to Podcast Rebellion. Uh, This week we're actually going to be talking about the transfer portal and uh, kind of where Ole Miss needs to be there, where they are already, uh, and and what could make sense moving forward. Um, As far as what we're drinking, uh, again, we're actually recording this at noon on Tuesday, so I I am not drinking anything. I I don't necessarily disparage those of you who choose to have a beer with lunch or something. That's fine. Uh, But I am not drinking anything. And I haven't really had anything of no. Oh, oh, I did have a canned Paloma uh, over over the Thanksgiving holidays, which I'm I'm fond of. I don't have the brand, but uh, yeah, it was very good. I mean, I had a lot to drink over the holidays, but yeah, that was <laughs> that, that was one thing worth worth noting. Let's see. Um, I don't think I've had anything particularly interesting. Oh yeah, so I was in Jackson. Uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday and went to a a new tiki bar um, called The Pearl in Fondren uh, that is super cool. And it is attached to uh, a bowling alley, like a new bowling alley that's like really uh, swanky for a bowling alley, like leather couches and stuff. And they have like food and drink service like that, that comes around. Uh, so I can't remember exactly what I ordered at the Tiki bar. Um, but, but that was like a, a fun experience I had. And I encourage you to check out those places if you're in Fondren. Yeah, that's actually, uh, that's the bowling alley right by the Capri theater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. And it's yeah, and the Capri theater is also awesome. Uh, I, I actually saw Top Gun Maverick there with my dad uh, earlier oh, yeah. this year. It was fun. Um, yeah, but let's let's talk about the transfer portal. So Ole Miss, I think that one thing that, that we should keep in mind is kind of um, what is necessary for the team. But before we kind of talk about like the cool players in the portal, uh, and there are, there are several interesting players in the portal, but still many, many, many more to come. Um, you know, the, the portal hasn't even officially opened yet, uh, but you, we have had a number of players put their names out as as leaving and, and entering the portal. Um, some leaving Ole Miss. Uh, most noteworthy, I guess, is Luke Altmaier. Um, no one who is leaving Ole Miss really makes an impact, uh, in, including Luke Altmaier, although, you know, having him on the team was helpful as a backup to Jackson Dart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other notable names, just really quickly, um, Kentrell Bullock and Isaiah Woolard from the running back room. Um, it became clear that both of those guys, I don't know if they were trying to do a redshirt year, but they didn't play even when we had no running backs available um, outside of Judkins. Um, and then Brandon Mack and Damon Clowney, uh, the two edge rushers, uh, both you know really struggled to get into the lineup and Mac, I know, had injury concerns, uh, you know, injury problems as well. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's easy to look at those guys and say, like I just did, that they didn't really make an impact or contribute. And that's that's true. They definitely have not impacted anything uh, over their time at Ole Miss. But it is a little bit, I don't know if frustrating is the right word, but um, I guess a product of the defense that we run that – there are not nearly as many def- opportunities for defensive linemen 
to make an impact and uh, building upon that, especially defensive linemen of a more uh, typical 4-3 edge rusher type. Uh, those guys kind of are like just get blocked to oblivion in, in a three down lineman set. And so a guy, an undersized defensive end who is always going to need ga- need to gain weight regardless in Demond Clowney. I mean, how does he possibly get up to being big enough to make a difference in the three, four or three, two, six? Yeah. Tough. I, I wonder if they tried him out at linebacker, but that's not an easy transition right. physically or mentally. So, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it was a 3-4, then there are some linebacker spots where, you know, they're essentially pass-rushing defensive ends, but, like, that's not what it is. It's very much not, not that. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to be able to go sideline to sideline, and that's probably, I mean, I, we don't know, but that's probably not, you know, his, his strong suit there. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, those are, those are the players who have left, but... Uh, how do we, what do we kind of think about um, what Ole Miss really needs? And I think that, um, you know, one thing that's up in the air, I, I, I'm, I assume that he's gone, but uh, it's technically possible for Jonathan Mingo to come back for another season. Uh, and if he does, Ole Miss still needs to get another wide receiver, but it becomes a lot less dire of a need. Yeah, absolutely. Um I, yeah, I, I think if you're Mingo, you probably have to make the decision to go. Cause I just, I don't see him improving much on what he did this year. Like he had a very solid season. He, he proved that he could be kind of a, a number one receiver on a good SCC team. And I don't know what else he has to prove. I mean, he didn't have a perfect season by any stretch, but I think if you're him, you probably go ahead and get out. And plus, I mean, he's probably graduated. Right. So I don't know. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it, as to your question, what the team needs, the, the depth on the team in most spots is not bad. I don't think we're recruiting for depth as much in the transfer portal, but we do lack impact players, um, at a lot of positions. Um, and I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. I think, a lot of the guys, we you know, had a huge portal class, and a lot of those guys have added really valuable depth. But it turns out that they are, you know, average SEC players, but not the kind of SEC players that are going to, you know, help you beat the top teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it. I mean, I think that to your point, like the depth is not great, but but I do think that there are a number of players who are fine. Um, but but also to your point, like the what Ole Miss needs to find in the portal is impact players. Yeah, and I know that's like a stupid statement and obvious, but like especially this team, this team doesn't need a just to take on tons and tons of guys who are okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one area where they do need a depth guy uh, going against our current narrative uh, is quarterback. (laughs) Uh, As we have a really good starting quarterback who is young. And then we have a true freshman incoming. uh, And we think that's it. I think Kincaid Dent could come back, but he's, he participated in senior day, which usually suggests that he will leave. Um, And yeah, I don't think you can roll with two quarterbacks. One of whom is a true freshman. Um, But, 
but they're not going to bring in a guy to compete with Jackson Dart either. And it puts them in a tough spot. Um, now they did get lucky um, in, I think the 2021 season by having uh, Tyrell Pigrome on the team, I think. Well, was he uh-huh. from Western Kentucky and maybe he played at a, another larger school at first or something like that. But he came in from the transfer portal as a backup quarterback and probably with a mind, uh, you know, his mind on getting into coaching, learning from like a guy like Lane Kiffin. And so if they can find something like that, that's great. Yeah. I, I will also say um, they have two walk-on quarterbacks that uh, I think at least one of them was sort of, yeah. Um, wow. I'm going to totally butcher his name and I'm sorry, dude, but Davin Widner, Widener, W-Y-D-N-E-R, um, who's from Florida. Uh, he's 6'5", 220, passed for almost 3,600 yards uh, as a senior uh, in high school and, um, you know, walked on at Ole Miss. I, I, I've heard that, uh, you know, some of, uh, at least one of the walk-ons is kind of expect or thought to be a bit better than a walk-on would normally be at quarterback. Uh, but like, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the fact that, that you're able to, to find a walk-on who can't get a scholarship elsewhere, you know, it's, seems to suggest that you don't really want that dude, uh, you know, up, up against an SEC defense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's going to be a tough find, but it's it's something they'll have to at least look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think they they may need a running back. Um. The top two should be fine in Quinshawn Judkins, assuming he stays, although I've heard nothing to suggest that he won't stay. Uh, And that, and uh, Ulysses Bentley, who has to stay because he's already transferred. Uh, Those should be fine. But past them, I actually, Ole Miss doesn't currently have a a running back committed. And, um, you know, you you don't want to have a walk-on as your third string running back. And, uh, no, you know, you see a lot of injuries to running backs as we saw this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now they are they are recruiting three high school guys right now, um, and if they get two of those, I don't I don't think they will. I think they'll probably just get one. If they get two of those, then they probably don't need a portal guy. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think if they don't, that becomes a lot more dire. Uh, and they also, you mentioned walk-ons. They do have, um, I think his name is Matt Jones, uh, a walk-on yeah. from Jackson Prep who followed kind of Jerry and Ely here. Uh, and he's pretty good. Like he, I think, scored a touchdown this year and I think played okay in the spring game too. I think he's a pretty good walk-on. Yeah, and they also have uh, Bobo Miller, who uh, is from Kosciuszko, who um, has a, a, a blocked punt to his name against central Arkansas this year. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously like, again, uh, you know, you don't want to necessarily be relying on walk-ons when walk-ons contribute. That's wonderful. We saw that this year with Dayton Wade, uh, at, at wide receiver, but you know, you, you can't take it for granted. So yeah, then, uh, I think running back becomes less of a concern, even if they just sign one high schooler, because I don't know. I mean, as a third string, a true freshman running back is not a big concern, in my opinion. Yeah, and especially all three of the guys that they're recruiting are supposed to be 
pretty darn good. So mm-hmm. you'd hope that any of them would be ready to do something as a freshman. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver. Major, major problem. Yeah, yeah. It was a major problem this year, and we lose our two top uh, <laughs> targets. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, the two wide receivers. I mean, Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins uh, were were good contributors, but the passing game was mostly the Jonathan Mingo and Malik Keith show, and both of those guys are gone. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's some question about Jalen Robinson returning. Uh, he was expected largely to start this year, but really... Right. What do you have, like three catches in the year or something? It wasn't good. Um, yeah. And he had a few carries. They tried to kind of get him going. I mean, I think he dealt with a lot of injury throughout the whole year. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Is, it is frustrating to kind of – the fact that Kiffin doesn't ever talk about injuries, I, I understand, like, from a from a game-planning standpoint, it makes sense. But it would be kind of nice to know if Jalen Robinson is bad or if he was hurt. Yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards – hurt because it seemed like the narrative was with him was always like, well, we're going to try to incorporate him and stuff like that. And not like, I don't know. I think the language they use when they talked about him, both, uh, both Kiffin and, you know, guys that we, you know, other Ole Miss reporters, I think the language they use suggested injury, uh, was the, the deal with him. Oh, sure. No, I, I mean, I know he was injured at times. I guess I just mean I, I wish we would have a better understanding of, like, the times that we would see him for, like, a few plays a game. Was that because, like, gosh, they, they just gave him another shot and he still, like, re-aggravated his injury? Or was it just like, eh, I don't know, it may not work out? Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, so him, and then uh, they returned a couple other guys, too. They returned two true freshmen who didn't really play um and they returned jj henry who um had a really solid spring game uh played some early and then really disappeared we don't really know what happened to jj henry no uh but that's about it they braylon brown um he he is still a wall um so we'll see what happens with him but yeah, they definitely need guys. The I, the good news is there's always going to be a lot of receivers jumping in the portal. Um, so I think there's a lot of guys um, that are going to be out there. Uh, and there's a couple that we kind of already have our eye on that we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. Um, tight end. <laughs> it, what a damned position uh, at, at Ole Miss at the moment. Michael Trigg started the year as this expected phenom, had three touchdown catches against Central Arkansas, which I know Central Arkansas, whatever, but still three touchdown catches. Uh, gets injured. Uh, then after injury is suspended, kind of status up in the air at the moment. Uh, Hudson Wolf, the number one recruiting, number one tight end recruit in, in the country in 20, the class of 2021, I guess. Uh, no, 2020, right? Um, yeah. Still has never played, has some sort of back injury that may make it so he can never play. Uh, again, Casey Kelly, who, you know, started at tight end for almost every game this year, uh, apparently injured with an injury that also threatens his career. 
uh, yeah, like, man, can't catch a break at that position. No, no. And, you know, Kiffin heavily used the tight end at um, FAU mm-hmm. and, you know, had a, a guy who won, what is it, the not the Thorpe, oh, the Mackey Award. Yeah. Um, yeah. And can't can't get a tight end to come play for him. He, you know, he got a, he brought a guy from Temple in and sent him to the NFL uh, in, in year one at Ole Miss. And, yeah, can't. Yeah. Can't find a guy. I mean, I guess, I guess, the idea was for Trigg to be the guy, certainly, and so, and he showed that he has all the tools to be the guy. It's just, uh, I don't know. It, he's struggling to kind of get his head together right now, it seems, and so we'll see what happens with him. But yeah, but yeah. Um, Fun fact about the Mackey Award. Um, little known fact: it's named for um, former Ole Miss quarterback Randall Mackey. Yeah, despite the fact that he goes to the best tight end in the country. Yeah, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no, uh, it's not. Anyway, so um, yeah, so tight end major concern, uh, and not a lot of huge tight end names in the portal at the moment. We'll get into a couple of them in just a minute. Uh, But offensive line, I think that you're probably in agreement that Ole Miss really just needs to find one or two excellent offensive linemen. It kind of doesn't really matter what position uh, they play. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Another move they could uh, explore is finding a more natural center, uh, moving Caleb Warren out to compete at the guard spots because mm-hmm. um, he seemed to struggle a little bit at times, uh, especially early in the season. I think he you know, certainly calmed down in that role, um, but that's another thing they could explore. They, they, don't, they don't have to find a game breaker <laughs> at center to, to help them out, I don't think. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, they have the, the snaps you know, got the snaps got a thousand percent better uh, than they were they, at the start they of the did. year. They did. Yeah, it's um, that was definitely a relief, and so so maybe they they like him there now. But I, th- I think that's something they could pursue. And then I don't I don't know that they're going to pursue guys to beat out their two redshirt freshman offensive tackles. Um, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I, I just I think. I don't know. I guess if you find like a, a guy who's going to be an NFL pro bowler, uh, <laughs> you take him. But I, I mean, more... it, it, it's not all that tough to envision a scenario where they find some like great left tackle. And I think that Jalen Williams is also very good. Um, but, you know, they find some incredible left tackle in the portal. He comes to Ole Miss. They move Jalen Williams to right tackle, move Micah Pettis inside to compete for one of the guard spots or something like that. But no, it, it, it's not as if they like desperately need to find a tackle at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, they they could potentially explore uh, coaching uh, <laughs> options uh, for <laughs> offensive line rather than personnel options. Uh, but yeah. we'll see. Uh, so defensively, then um, a number of needs. Uh, we've talked about this before. The biggest need is really just finding a couple of guys who will make a huge impact at whatever position they play. Uh, Ole Miss doesn't really have those guys. Um, has a, a bunch of guys who are good, uh, but not enough who just like could potentially finish first or second team All SEC. Yeah, for sure. Um, there, there are some slight concerns I think, or, you know, 
I don't know what the Ole Miss staff thinks about it, but there is some concern that J.J. Pegues or Cedric Johnson could declare for the draft, which would put them in an even worse position uh, on the defensive front. Yeah. But I, I don't know what you think about that. I think Pegues is probably the – I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say, but – but yeah, I don't think either of them would be well served to leave this year. Um, I mean, I've I've heard it's very likely Pickies comes back. So that's good. That's yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, you know, Ole Miss has very real needs. When when I say that they really just need to find some playmakers, I don't mean they also don't need to find at least one linebacker. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they have they have to find some corners probably. Uh, because Miles Battle and DeAndre Prince are gone. Davison Ibanosin is the only proven corner who's returning, I guess, and he's not. they lost a lot of faith in him late in the year. Markevious Brown was fine at times, so, you know, also not really like a super dire need, and they have some good guys, or at least highly thought of players that were, you know, freshman redshirting or something like that, but, uh, you know, no proven talent at that position, or, or a lack of proven talent at that position. Yeah, yeah. I think Igbenosin turns into a solid starter probably next year. I think he's probably probably very good next year. Um, yeah. But but yeah, bringing in another solid starter definitely makes things easier on him. Uh, it could be Brown, but you also want more than two viable corners. And you know we don't we don't know much about what they have behind uh, Markevius Brown because he was really the fourth corner, and we didn't see a ton past him. I don't think. No, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, then also it's safety. So, you know, Ole Miss, uh, I think we talked about this briefly on the last pod, but, uh, has been, been running a four, two, six for the past two seasons. And the reasoning was Ole Miss has so many good safeties that, you know, it, it doesn't want to, uh, keep those off the field for the sake of including, uh, another player in the box. Who's not as good just because they want to run a certain system. Um, but a lot of those guys are gone now. And I guess the question that we don't yet know, um, I, I'm assuming that they're going to stay in the four, two, six, but we don't really, or the, sorry, the three, two, six, but we don't really know that for sure. Um, and so the, then that kind of becomes the question of like, do they need to get a bunch of safeties in the portal in order to, you know, have enough depth to spell the four safeties who are going to be on the field at a time? Uh, or did they say, Hey, you know, we're going to move to a, four two five or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think there would be a lot of fan support for the move to the four two five. Uh <laughs> or yeah, at least I'm sure. developing the option for it. Um mm-hmm. but then I don't know, what does that do for your personnel on the defensive line? You know? Um right. definitely uh, above our pay grade to answer, but it's something to keep an eye on. They still do have good safeties. I mean uh yeah. Ladarius Tennyson, Taishim Johnson Aishim Young, that's that's a good group to start with. And then you add some guys like we have written down, MJ Daniels and Trey Washington. Uh, Washington played a lot. Daniels seemingly didn't. Uh, I don't think I'd really notice him. Uh, yeah. but highly recruited, highly thought of. They, they made you know a big push to keep him when he uh, contemplated jumping in the portal last year. So you think they just don't want him to leave. Um and yeah yeah but but i but the question is like if okay so we've named three who are definite right ladarius tennyson taishim johnson aishim young and then it gets a little murky well four have to play on the field and then you have to have at least you know 
two reliable subs to be able to spell those four. I guess the question is, do they want to have to do that? Yeah, yeah, that's a fair question. They do have a strong defensive back class coming in, but you you don't want to rely on true freshmen um, if you don't have to. So we'll see how that goes. It definitely and I mean, there are watching. there are there are other players too. You know, Elijah Sabatini, Taylor Groves from last year, all, all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it's just uh, some unknown, you know. Um, so let's move on to kind of talking about uh, the the transfer portal generally. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, because I actually wasn't sure about this rule until yesterday, when was he Wednesday asked me about it, um, there is not a cap on the number of uh, first-time scholarship players that Ole Miss can take this year or next year. The NCAA passed a two-year legislation where the only cap now is the 85 total scholarship uh, rule for the team. So. Usually, you know, you've heard people say, well, there's a cap at 25, or last year it was a, a cap that moved up to 32. Uh, well, it's uncapped now. At least this is according to, like, numerous articles. I, I haven't actually looked at the NCAA uh, rule book to be able to, to ascertain it, but, like, The Athletic, uh, a number of other legitimate sites uh, have, have reported it. So uh, what that means is that when Ole Miss, uh, you know, has players like Brandon Mack, like Damon Clowney, Luke Altmaier, et cetera, transfer out, then that is an additional scholarship that's available for a transfer in or a high schooler or a JUCO, I guess. Um, and so that just means there's a lot of room to play with. There's a lot of scholarship management going on. Um, there is, you know, more reason than ever to figure out if someone is good and if they're not, find a, or if they're not good enough to play in the SEC, find a school where they can play. Uh, and, and get them out. And then <clears throat> I think that uh, one other complicating factor is that there is now a rule where if a player transfers in, then the school, I, I believe this to be the, the way the rule works, um, the school is required to put that player on scholarship for the duration of their until they graduate or, or run out of eligibility, um, which, you know, has not typically been the case. So what that means is that when you take a transfer, you need to be sure that transfer is either going to be gone quickly or be good enough to take up a roster spot for two, three, four years. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a pretty fair rule. I mean, that's that's definitely a, a player-centric rule that, oh, that yeah. protects them from you know, kind of being, you know, casualties of coaches trying to move their rosters around and stuff too much. Well, and especially, you know, so they can transfer one time with no penalty. And if they transfer somewhere once with no penalty, and then that place uh, decides they're not good enough, now they can't transfer without a penalty again. So they, you know, they, they can either transfer and sit out, or they can just say, hey, you know, you have to pay my scholarship for the rest of my time here. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Um, as, as it stands right now, Ole Miss has 13 high school commitments, or sorry, 12 high school commitments, one junior college commitment. Uh, and those players fill, you know, several needs. It's it's a it's a pretty good class. I think it's like top 20 nationally. Um, 
but I don't really rely on high schoolers to do anything uh, or freshmen to do anything. Uh, and so it becomes harder to fill those those holes with high schoolers. And so that that's why this, this portal becomes so interesting. So uh, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, not a lot of names or excuse me, plenty of names in the portal, but not a ton of just like elite absurdly talented guys that are going to generate massive, massive uh, NIL deals and all that sort of stuff yet. Those will 100% come uh, and we'll kind of see those. But there are a few people worth talking about. Um, do you want to talk about the the wide receivers that we've heard of so far? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, that... To me, that's one of the more exciting areas where where Ole Miss could upgrade. So it'll be fun to see what they do there. Um, Oklahoma wide receiver Theo Weiss. Um, let me actually pull up his bio real quick. So he was part of an incredible wide receiver class that Oklahoma signed in, I think, 2019. Um, they had... Jeez, oh, it was ridiculous. They had three guys who were just in the top, I don't know, 10 or so wide receivers in the country. Um, and he is about 6'2", 200 pounds. Um, he's been decently productive, but not like super consistently at Oklahoma, I think. But let me see, pulling up his ESPN stuff right now. Um, but I think it's pretty safe to say that he is... Uh, going to be as coveted as pretty much any wide receiver who pops in. So for this season, he actually only had 19 receptions, but for 378 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and then for last year, he had 37 receptions, 530 yards, also four touchdowns. Um, and then in 2020, he was a true freshman, had eight receptions, 136 yards. Um, but yeah, uh, super talented guy. And I think they'll give him, you know, a, they'll probably throw a pretty attractive offer at him if he's interested. And he's probably one of the more realistic guys, too, because I think there had been some speculation that he was considering transferring to Ole Miss last year, but ended up staying at Oklahoma. Yeah, and, you know, I, obviously he's from Texas, so the Texas schools will be involved, uh, but it's it's worth noting that there's at least some tie there. And he's also, uh, he, he went to school at Allen. So Allen has produced some Ole Miss players through the years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, so this is a guy that has not declared his intentions to jump in the portal yet, but it has been speculated. Uh, Barry and Brown, uh, Kentucky wide receiver, um, shifty guy, very fast, big playmaker. Uh, he was, largely responsible for keeping Kentucky in it um, with a couple of big kicker turns and receptions uh, electric player. Um, and if he jumps in Tennessee and Ole Miss will be all over him. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah I mean, we'll, we'll see if he does and then who, who comes out on top. Yeah. If, if Barry and Brown enters the portal, you, you got to pay him tons of NIL money to be able to a get lot. him. Because he was a true freshman this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, just insanely talented player. Uh, and yeah, I think getting either one of those guys would be great. Getting both would be um, pretty next level. 
Uh, and there are a ton of other guys out there too. Again, um, there's an Oregon wide receiver who's six foot five who jumped in the portal or declared that he would. What is that guy's name? I can't remember, but um, let's see. Dante Thornton. Um, yeah. Let's see. He's a sophomore. Uh, again, not super duper productive, but I think he kind of came on late in the season. And again, he's six foot five, uh, really tall, lanky guy. Um, so that's another guy they'll probably hit up. Um, and yeah, there's just going to be a ton of quality receivers in, in the portal. So you'll like to think we can find two good ones. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to tight end, um, there, there are two players that are in the portal that I thought noteworthy. I, I don't necessarily know that either one of them uh, would even earn a scholarship offer from Ole Miss. We'll see. Uh, these, these have not been talked about. Uh, but the first is actually Kyle Mordock, who uh, <laughs> it, I, I don't know the name of the school he goes to, but it's like uh, it's an FCS school. Um, it's <laughs> the Blazers. <laughs> uh, I don't know what Blazers of what, but, um, yeah, anyway, so they, uh, <laughs> no, the Shorter Hawks. So if you can find out what college the Shorter Hawks is the mascot for, let me know. Anyway, Kyle Morlock, um, on the season had 30 catches for 446 yards and is 6'7", 245. The only reason I mention his name is because he already has, he entered the portal very recently, he already has offers from Florida State and Wisconsin. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me jump in. So I, I, I Googled it real quick. So uh, his school is called Shorter University. Um, oh, so they're not the Shorter Hawks. They're the Shorter Hawks. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. And you know, that's you can tell that he's not a good fit there because he's, he's actually quite tall. He is. He's six, seven. <laughs> six foot seven. That's a good point. That's a good so point. He probably doesn't fit in there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, more will come out. We'll, we'll figure out if he's even, uh, you know, an interest, but it's it, certainly always interesting whenever you see a guy from that level enter the portal and quickly get power five offers. Uh, a lot of the times those guys will really like take off and get, huge offers they have to decide between. Um, but yeah, we'll see. And then the other tight end that is in the portal uh, just entered, I think yesterday, late yesterday, Aaron Outley from Arkansas. He was in the 2021 class. And uh, in his two years at Arkansas, he has, I don't even know if he's played. Uh, he redshirted as a freshman. I don't think he played, or if he did, he didn't play much uh, as a redshirt freshman. But he was a, a three-star uh, prospect out of, out of high school and was one of those players who, like, despite the fact that his national ranking was barely in the top 1,000, uh, he, he listed offers from Arkansas, which, of course, we know he had an offer from, uh, Florida State, Georgia Tech, uh, LSU, Michigan, Michigan State, Ole Miss, Oregon, Penn State. Tennessee, Texas A&M, like, you know, uh, listing offers, a lot of those aren't committable. I get it. But like, he's at least a player that generated a lot of interest. And uh, I know that Joe John Finley 
specifically recruited him. Now, Joe John Finley is at Oklahoma now, so like, you know, maybe that doesn't make any sense, but uh, maybe there's some interest there from Ole Miss as well. Or maybe he leaves for Oklahoma. I guess we'll see. Yep, yep. Um, so we mentioned looking for impact offensive linemen. The the one guy that we've that, you know sort of identified so far is Alabama offensive guard uh, Damian George, um, who is enormous, six uh, six and a half, like about three fifty. Um, so he's he's very big. Um, <laughs> He was class of 2020, uh, and he started a few games at Alabama, if I remember, and then kind of lost a job. And I think redshirted this year, uh, probably with the right. intent on uh, transferring. Right. Yeah, he started uh, th- three games last season for Alabama, their their final three games, and uh, at right tackle. Wow. So he could play his his Alabama. Uh, bio says he can play tackle or guard if needed. And yeah, that's the type of player Ole Miss kind of needs. Um, you know, he lost his job at Alabama, but like big whoop, that's not a big deal. <laughs> that's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then uh, defensive line. I think that, I mean, you've written here in the show notes, various A&M guys. I, I know that A&M has lost tons of players and we'll see, you know, as more and more inter actually at, a wide receiver of theirs just entered the portal like 20 minutes ago, but uh, is not, didn't do much at, at A&M. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's too early to really know who the targets are on the defensive line. And at linebacker, I haven't seen really anybody worth pursuing. I think there's an A&M, uh, an A&M linebacker as well that maybe is decent to worthwhile, but no one who's like, oh, this dude had 100 tackles last year, you know? Yeah, let me see. That linebacker. Da, 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 da. Ish Harris. Um, he was a freshman, and I think he was highly rated, good size. But, but yeah, I, I think that's definitely a guy to target, but you, you got to be pretty sure for, for reasons that we've mentioned, you got to be pretty sure on guys like that because, you know, their scholarship has to be guaranteed and because we need impact players, not, you know, potential depth guys, really. So it, we need to be sure that he would start or play a ton. Yeah. Although I will say almost at linebacker, like a depth piece who's fine is still not a terrible thing to have based on the way the roster is at the moment. No. Yeah, it's too early to say. So, you know, there are three freshman linebackers, um, true freshmen this year. And it's, you know, definitely too early to, to rule them out. But yeah, I think, yeah, definitely need some guys competing for, for those starting spots. Um, one guy who could come in and start is uh, Sunterine Perkins as a true freshman. Um, just an insane talent. Um, again, you don't want to count on that, but yeah, you know, probably top 50 sort of caliber player um, with, you know, very good size, very good athleticism. Um, and, and yeah, I think you'll come in and compete pretty immediately. Yeah. Then uh, w- one of the last needs we mentioned was a corner. Uh, you have JQ Hardaway here. That's the Cincinnati corner 
Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And he's, I think, 6'2", 6'3". So I don't know if he has some positional versatility uh, to play safety or if he's cornerback all the way. But either way, um, that's apparently a dude that they are going to target. Okay. Yeah, I... uh... Be good to be good to find some guys who can who can make a difference. Let's see. He was on the ESPN preseason freshman All American team. Oh, interesting. Uh, let's see. Of course, yeah, he only... so was Enrique Davis. <laughs> he only had eight tackles this year and one sack, weirdly, uh, but no interceptions. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. It looks like he only registered stats in five games. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the deal with him is. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't typically think of a guy who isn't a star for like a G five team uh, being highly coveted in the portal, but I mean, Good size, highly thought of. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, so that's really all we have. Uh, thanks so much for joining everybody, and we will be back at it again. Uh, we may release another another pod soon about Hugh Freeze was hired at Auburn. I don't know if you if you heard about that. But, <laughs> you know, that happened. Weird. Wild we have stuff. thoughts. All right. Well, we'll talk about that uh, again sometime soon. And uh, thanks everybody for joining.